The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program. WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, WLHS, the Lakota Local School District, or staff and management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as specific legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on WMKV, WLHS, and the Maple Knoll Radio Network. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vena Jones-Cox, and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing where every single week we bring you information and inspiration to start or grow your own real estate investing business. And this week, our topic is very much on the side of growing your real estate investing business. Sitting with me here in the studio, I have a record three guests. There's four people in the studio. We have three microphones. We've got got headsets (laughs) stretched all over the place. Never had this many people all in in the room all at the same time. Plus, of course, Mike's here. And uh, we're going to try to untangle the very complicated issue of building a real estate business. That's not, oh, I... I do real estate on nights and weekends, and I'm really serious about it. That's that's a, a passive, other people do the work, other people um, even make some of the decisions, oh my goodness, in the real estate business. It's a, it's a topic that many of our X-Factor investor guests have sort of, they've sort of run up to it in a, to a certain extent, but we haven't uh, we haven't really tried to have a full discussion about it, and we're gonna we're gonna try to do it today. Uh, my guests today are two Brandons, Brandon Rumley, who bought his first investment property in 2007 and co-owns Renew Real Estate Services, uh, which is a property management company, as well as being a partner in Urban Dwell with Brandon Two, who is Brandon right. McDonald, who. <laughs> Uh, started flipping houses uh, while he was a musician and somehow discovered that real estate was more profitable than music, like on the very first deal. Yeah, discovered. Imagine that. <laughs> Just a little more profitable. <laughs> discovered. Might be less fun. But. <laughs> yeah, it's more fun, too. <laughs> My third guest is Bob Dressman, who is a frequent guest here on Real Life Real Estate Area. The Brandons are actually out of Nashville, and Bob is here in the Cincinnati area. Uh, Bob bought his first property before most of you were born and uh, has a business that does a wide variety of things, including uh, owning a bunch of rentals, selling properties creatively, buying properties creatively. He's done rehabs in the past uh, and um, is uh, was once featured in Reader's Digest. 
in an article about the high uh, investor what young entrepreneurs under the age of 30 yes <laughs> yes did you appear shirtless <laughs> <laughs> it was readers digest oh, sorry, I it wasn't like magazine. men's health or something <laughs> most of the listeners probably don't even remember what reduced digest was <laughs> that is that is possibly entirely true Okay, guys, so uh, I should mention that the Brandons are in town because they are speaking at tomorrow night's Cincinnati RIA meeting. Uh, you guys were on the air here a couple of months ago about, uh, talking about your ho- your home building business. Um, and, and it's not that you like build homes on spec for people. You build uh, also rental properties that you keep. You build uh, Airbnbs for yourselves. So... Um, they're going to talk about that business tomorrow night at Cincinnati RIA. And then uh, at the early meeting at 6 o'clock, there's also going to be a panel with these guys and some other folks who have businesses with employees and technology and all of that sort of stuff where they can just answer questions for folks. And if you're in the Cincinnati area or within a you know 90-minute drive, you might want to come to that. You can get more information at CincinnatiRIA.com. That's CincinnatiREIA.com. And also, uh, you can download a free guest pass at that website if you have never been to a meeting before. And of course, all members of all OREA uh, related groups are welcome to show up with just their membership cards. And you can come to any Cincinnati RIA meeting. Okay, guys. So, this is a tough topic. This topic of building a business for real, as opposed to what pe- people will say, oh, I have a real estate business, and it's them, <laughs> and, and their wife, maybe. And they, you know, it's not, I'm not making fun of it, because, you know, it's, that's how people it, start. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's good. It's good to have real estate investments. But can can we start by just in in your mind, what is a real estate business versus somebody being a real estate investor? I think the big thing is, and what typically happens is people start out as investors and then they go one of two directions. They either advance to the point of their incompetence in which then they have a life that is just awful or they realize that the skills that got them to be a successful real estate investor are not the same set of skills that get to be a real business that invests in real estate. And so if you're going to have a business, you have actual positions and a vision and job descriptions and people that do things and you hold people accountable for what they're supposed to do and you have a certain way that you do things every single time. Mm -hmm. And uh again not everybody wants that right i mean we we all know hundreds of people who what they really want is 10 rental houses which and, is a and, and great thing to have <laughs> yeah yeah 10 rental houses are beautiful uh-huh but but there there comes a point where uh you you call it rising to your own level of incompetence Bob, but <laughs> there there comes a point where there is just too much to do and and it's it usually comes after you have too many properties to not have people right it doesn't you don't realize okay well i'm getting i'm getting to the point where i can't screen the tenants and keep the books and pay the taxes and maintain the properties and you got you got three properties beyond that before you found out that uh it it just wasn't going to work at all so it's a it's a it's a hot topic 
I mean, we hear people discussing it all the time at real estate associations. Um, uh, people are starting to um, come out with courses on the topic, but it's it's also a very difficult topic. Can can you give me some examples? And anyone can ask this. You don't just have to let Bob talk just because he just will. Bob's if, way smarter than we are, though, so that's why we listen to Bob. Well, and I'm normally so verbose that I just fill the air with so many words. That... He, he, he does. So so if you guys want to talk, maybe you should raise your hand and I can call on you. So. Thump him in the forehead. So push his chair away, yeah, something. Like something. Um, uh Give me some examples in in your business of how you found the skills of doing the business different than the skills of running the business. Yeah, so we're actually in the process of going through this right now of hiring a uh, a coach to that came in and kind of looked at our business because we started out like most investors do, where and we're unique in that we're a partnership of three of us that have been together for going on ten years now. Um, and so we have sort of each filled, kind of stayed in our lane. So I do acquisitions and marketing, and then Brandon McDonald here does the contractor side of the business. And then Jason, who's not here with us back in Nashville, um, kind of does the, the CFO type qualities. So we went for so long until we, you know, just like you said, Vina had too many properties and then eventually said, well, it's now to the point where we either have to hire a property management company or bring staff on and create our own, which is ultimately what we did. Um, but for us, we we stayed way too long working in our business and not working on the business. And so we're actually in the process of making that switch now to think about what are the seats that we've actually been sitting in for the last 10 years? And then how do we get other people into those seats so that then we can move to the owner's box in the business? On a scale of one to ten, how painful has this been? Um, like fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a mind shift. It's like a it's like it's a big mindset shift because I remember early on going through rehabs and watching YouTube videos of like how to do my own tile and becoming my own tile person when I should have been watching YouTube videos on how to run my own business because I would have we would have propelled ourselves so much so much farther. So we get we get caught in the minutia of working inside the business. So it's a it's a huge uh, yeah, mindset shift. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a really big it's a really big deal that that takes a complete refocusing. So we literally had to hire a coach to kind of keep us elevated and 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 bring us up to 30,000 feet. How, how many times a day do you have find yourself saying I shouldn't be doing this thing I'm doing? This is this is <laughs> A bazillion. I'm just I'm just doing it because I know how and it's easier to do it than to tell somebody else. Yeah, to actually then actually writing the system out and delegating to somebody else. Well, yeah. the, the challenge is in the short run, it is almost always faster and easier to do what needs to be done now. Absolutely. Than it is to create the system and let somebody else fail at it because you did a lousy job creating the system or training them or selecting the right person. And learning from that mistake and then fixing the problem. And just like in my mastermind group, we go through that and people just get incredibly frustrated. But you have to keep the vision at the end of where you really want to go. And even though it's more painful now, the end result is so much better than where you are right now. 
When we come back at the break, we're going to talk about people that you need to have around you if you have any hope of actually building a real estate business. We're also going to take your calls at 877-772-9658, or you can send us questions via email at askvina at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. Talking today to the Brandons and also to Bob about building a business and what that process really looks like because um, what you guys, Brandons, said before the break I think is really important. I think folks who who are going through this process look at people who've done it. You know, they don't they don't look at people who are doing it. They look at people who have finished it. They look at, you know, Missy McCall Hammonds or Bob or, you know, somebody who's vacationing 10 weeks a year and they go, they've just got something I don't have. They, they, everyone goes through that mm-hmm. that that painful process. And, and folks, if, if you're experiencing that, remember back when you first were meeting successful real estate investors who had, you know, five properties, and you were thinking, oh, they just have something I don't have. But you learned it, you figured it out, you got around people who were doing it, you made it happen, and it's just, it's the same thing. But um, Bob mentioned it is a very different skill set to build a business than it is to uh, do real estate investing. And it's a, you know, whole nother, now we're going off on a different course of study. You guys said you hired a coach to actually come in and, and, help you do that and what 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 is what does a coach like that do like what goes on when they come and coach you do they just like push you away from your computer and not let you do stuff and <laughs> make you supervise people instead so ultimately we've put in place a system that holds everyone that's in the business accountable so including the owners of the business because we're sitting in seats in the business um, and so it's kind of this imagery of we're all on a bus and we're all headed in one direction and I'm currently sitting in one seat and the other brand in here is sitting in a different seat. Um, and so we've now created a system that creates accountability for everyone that's on the bus. And it's that system that now holds everyone in that on the bus accountable to each other. Uh, so we come together and, and meet once a week and then talk about um, what's happening in the business and then our, our goals or um, we call them rocks in the system that we've put together um, to try to accomplish the, the same goal and work towards the same vision. Okay. And I think what you guys are talking about is uh, EOS, what's called the Entrepreneurial Operating System. Yes. And uh, I should say that folks who listen to the to the shows that are podcast on realliferealestate.com, uh, every month we do an interview that is just, it's not about a strategy. It's that just this guy is super successful and, or gal is super successful. And we're going to talk about how they got super successful. We call it the X factor, uh, investor interviews. And every single one of them has mentioned that. Like, I think, I think we might've had one person who didn't say, yeah, we operate under EOS. So, uh, just to give folks, uh, some background in case they decide to pursue this further after the show, uh, there is a book called Traction by a guy named Gino Wickman, and that is kind of the the basis of EOS. And then there's some associated books, uh, Rocket Fuel. Uh, can't remember the name of the author of that one, but uh, those it's different authors, but they are very closely related books. And one of the things that is like key 
to EOS and to rocket fuel is this idea of the visionary and the integrator. So let's talk about those two roles because that's not that's not something people hear. They hear CEO, CFO, president, vice president, head of marketing. They don't hear visionary and integrator. Would anybody like to tackle this? Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> that was an interesting one for us because we've got three of us. So when we started out the EOS system, we actually went into a, a three-day intensive with the business coach. So we literally shut the business down for three days. We locked ourselves in a house. We got a giant, huge uh, notepad full of, of sticky notes that are like the giant two-foot by one-foot ones that you stick on the wall. And, and by the end, we had probably 45 of them. We created our long-term vision. We created short-term visions. We created, you know, we defined the seats. We defined, we we literally created kind of the vision for the for the future, and then the steps to actually get there. Um, we had a really hard time picking the actual visionary for our company because the three of us, and and what I said was the three of us had been walking arm in arm kind of the communist society of urban dwell homes together walking you know walking to, down this path and 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 our our coach was asking us to essentially pick one of us and then for the other two guys to get behind him and i know that yeah Vina's making an amazing face you can't see uh that we did not pick a visionary we ended too, up not too much doing ego. it <laughs> yeah, no, there there was, but but we did select an integrator, and and the business coach said, I can't move forward unless you get an integrator, mm-hmm. and so we've got an integrator, and then we still struggle with 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 picking who's going to be the visionary, and I would say that at moments we are all giving vision in and 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 speaking vision into the business, so it's not honestly for us, it's not the best arrangement, and we're still trying to figure that out. Mm-hmm. So the interesting question is. Do most businesses suffer because of a lack of vision or a lack of integration? It's definitely the lack of integration. Well, it depends. Are we talking about a real estate business? Mm-hmm. Because one of the one of the things that we had that we had a coach come into our office as well, and one of the things that he said was that that in the world, visionaries are actually the rarer type. Yeah, it, most people are are integra- if they, if they are anything because you can uh, you can you can be kind of neither. Or you can be somewhat high in both, but that if you look at just sort of the overall world, it's like twenty five percent visionaries, seventy five percent integrators. But in real estate, it's ninety percent visionaries and ten percent integrators. <laughs> and the, the 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 reason is that visionaries, you know, the first time they hear about real about real estate, the first time they you know go to a meeting or go to a seminar or something like, I can see all of this going out for the for the next 20 years and everything that could be done here and I can do it better than the guy who's in the front of the room can yeah. do it because I already know. Uh, and just to just to uh, roll back a second for people who haven't read the book, um, a, a visionary, and you'll recognize yourself if, if you're either one of these, a visionary is somebody who likes high level stuff, has lots of ideas, you know, it's described as like, you got 10 great ideas a day. Well, you know, you've got 10 ideas a day that you think are great. <laughs> Realistically, one of them is a great one. And you want to do all of them, but you don't want to get into the weeds with it. You just want to like plan it out and, and like inspire people to do it and think about it and then move on to the next idea. The integrator is the person who not just can, but likes to, enjoys getting in, the, you know, getting in and, and creating the systems and creating the databases and looking at the numbers and you know that to, to me what i want is the integrator to come in and say here's your numbers business is doing fine and then i want to 
I want to go vision, <laughs> right? And right. and uh, Bob's uh, suggestion that perhaps the um, uh, problem with most businesses was lack of an integrator is probably particularly true in real estate. So when you three, in other words, uh, Brandon, Brandon, and Jason took the visionary tests, where, where did you all score? Were any of you actually integrators? No, we, we were all higher in visionary, but Jason was the most integrator, so we stuck him with that role. So he was like 43% integrator, so it now was he has to... That, though, wasn't it? it was a little bit better than He that. has to suffer for the rest of his, his life being... No, a... <laughs> but that's one of the things that, that we talked about was that's a seat that he has agreed to take for a time until he can move out of it into the owner's box. So ultimately, we do want an actual integrator that can move into that seat. So... I was the closest one to a pure visionary, but I'm also the least trustworthy in our business by far to actually get stuff done. So nobody wanted me to be the, be the visionary. Personality-wise, it made the most sense. And then, and then uh, Brandon was just kind of – the other Brandon was just kind of in the, in the nebula somewhere. Um, but, we, but we basically – our goal is ultimately to move out of the seats that we're in so that we're truly running – like we could go start other businesses if we wanted. We could go vacation if we wanted. That, that's that's the, the ultimate goal of this is to have a, a, a business that's running better if we're actually not there. Mm -hmm. Bob, you are one of the few people that I know that is in the real estate business has built a big business and yet defines yourself as being an integrator. Like on the visionary integrator test, you say you are an I've never actually taken the test. I've just decided that I am someone, <laughs> <laughs> which is fine. I see. So when you when you look at visionaries running businesses versus the way you run your business, what what are your observations about that? The, the, ultimately, if you want to have a business, the trains need to run on time. And you, I always see there's no point in buying another 10 houses unless if you have seven of your current 10 vacant. And so at some point, the goal, the end goal is a high internal rate of return and profitability and net worth and time to go do stuff. And so you need to have, once I figured out that I was incompetent to do most of the stuff in my business, I figured out I had to hire other people that were a lot better than I am to do that stuff and give them a way to do those things so that they get accomplished. So what the visionaries who are listening were thinking when you said that is 20 houses. I'm bored with houses now. I want to go buy apartment buildings instead. <laughs> the houses can deal with themselves. And that's, there is a, there is a, there's a really distinct, you know, when you're talking to a visionary and you know, when you're talking to an integrator, because visionaries just, you know, they hear an idea and they, they want to take it, you know, nine steps down the line, but, I have no plan for actually implementing it whatsoever. And an integrator will say, whoa, 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 wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, how are you going to buy apartment buildings when you've got 10 vacant houses and the visionary wants to strangle them? Because, you, you know, you're, you're, you're harshing my buzz here. I'm excited about apartment buildings now. You can come look at my house and see that I'm a visionary because I have 100 projects that are 80% done. <laughs> so that's the, that's the other thing. My wife will definitely say I'm a visionary over, a, over an integrator. So you guys intend to at some point hire an integrator. So you'll bring in somebody from outside the company whose job it is to keep the visionary somewhat under control and to keep the other folks who are doing the work doing the work. 
um, and, and integrator, by the way, their their job is not necessarily to do stuff. It's to take things out of the way of other people doing stuff. So it's, you know, we've got you got your head of marketing, you got your operations manager. Uh, the head of marketing says. Um, uh, this the, the 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 software we're using doesn't work anymore, and I don't have time to research new software. And the integrator might go research the new software. He's they're going to get that out of the way so that the marketer the marketing person can do their job. Uh, Bob, are you going to hire a visionary? <laughs> <laughs> you can I hire me, I, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> but that's an interesting question. I've never even thought of it <laughs> that i i get, get off on enough tangents occasionally that i guess i've muddled <laughs> you, through you have thought of it because you and i had a conversation six months ago where you told me that that you're uh, not in this many words but uh that your substitute for having a visionary in your business is you just hang out with visionaries uh-huh and just take all their ideas and, and, then and go actually do make it. them work which which then we stand around and go how do you do that i've been, I've been thinking about that for three years and he put it in place in like three days yeah i would rather be bob than be me so i think he's i think he's doing okay you know i don't think he lacks for vision on a practical standpoint okay so this is all um this is all well and good that you know we 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 need an operating system we need if we're visionaries we definitely need to get integrators if we're integrators we probably need to at least hang out with visionaries so that we know you know stuff that, that we could go integrate a uh, smaller picture what is what is the advantage of doing all this extra work? Like this is, uh, you, you've said it's painful. The brands have said it's painful. Um, Bob has described it, creating systems, having somebody run them, having them completely fail at running them, having to start all over and write write the system again so that it's correct or fire the person and hire somebody who can actually do it. It's an awful lot of work. Like what's the what's the upside? I think the ultimate goal or the ultimate upside is getting freedom back. So the path that we've taken was starting in real estate investing and getting one house, two house, three houses, and then forming a company. And we still are business owners and have freedom in that we're business owners, but we're still working in the business. And until recently, I sort of just always thought, well, we build houses, we keep working in the business, and it's our job. And at some point, we'll have enough passive income that we can stop doing this business. And through this process of hiring a coach and going through traction, and I've, I've begun to look at our business differently to think, well, no, our, our business can actually become another arm of passive income for us. So if we can put in the systems and the processes that we need to put in and actually write everything down and have the business running as its own entity, um, that that provides us freedom to step out of the business, but that business can continue to operate and still throw off profits for us to enjoy passively. So for me, the translation of that is I get to go scuba diving in Grand Cayman. I get to go to the Galapagos Islands and experience that and not be terrified that the world is falling apart back home or be talking to people for eight hours a day while I'm on vacation or doing the 300 things that I didn't quite get done before I left. And Absolutely. so the real ultimate goal is the freedom to be able to do what you want to do 
rather than what you have to do because of the box you've built for yourself. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing. We're talking today about the realities of building a real real estate business, not the one that you say you have, but the one that actually operates more without you than it does with you. You can call in with questions at 877-772-9658. Let me repeat that again, 877-772-9658. Or you can send questions to askvina at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox, talking today to three different guests, Brandon McDonald, Brandon Rumley, and Bob Dressman, about uh, the realities of a real estate business, you know, with staff and all that stuff. Um, We have a question here from Troy via email, and he asks, at what point in my holdings should I be considering starting to systematize and build a business? And I know the answer to that's going to be different if it's, you know, I have rentals versus I do wholesale deals versus I'm building properties. But um, any feel based on like, like, when do you wish you had started as opposed to actually started? I mean, I think the reality is you want to start as as quickly as you can. But there is a danger in starting if you start building processes and systems as you're learning before you've actually got a good foundation and you're and you scale up i mean it's just like it's like pouring a crooked foundation and building a skyscraper it just it's going to get so much more obvious the higher you get that you've built something that's going to fall over so i would i would say you want to make sure that you've got a good solid foundation and understanding of how the uh, of how the business works but once you feel like you realize okay I, i i have a good hold on this then it's time to elevate and delegate and 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 you delegate it to somebody else and you and you start moving up you're writing those processes and you're and you're starting to build that business so so you throw the stuff up against the wall see what sticks once you figure out what sticks you, you figure out a way that you did that that made it stick and then you write that down and get somebody else to do it so you don't get bored with it and it keeps happening perfect <laughs> yeah and that's and that's that's a really that's a really valid um uh, question that Troy asked because I do meet people who are coming out of corporate America and they don't ever want to do the stuff. Like not, not from minute one. I want to, I want to build a wholesaling business, but I don't ever want to look at an ugly property, right? They want to, they want to immediately start hiring people to do things that they don't know how to do. And I don't think I've ever seen that succeed. I, I can't, I have an incredibly difficult time hiring somebody and creating a system for something that I am clueless about. And I hear the advice all the time. Well, just hire the expert to do that. Well, when you hire that type of person, you're usually paying big, big bucks. And the real goal of this type of system is to be able to break things back and down into manageable steps that ordinary human beings that you can afford to hire can do not hire super expensive people that are experts in their field. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I would, um, I would question the expert wholesaler who wanted me to hire them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, imagine that. Huh? You know, I'd say so. So if you're so good at this, why are you, why are you looking to be on a salary? Uh, okay, here is a question uh, from James. He says, "Can you ask your guests to address the role of virtual assistants?" 
Uh, at what point should we start using them? Can a business be run entirely on virtual assistance if it is a real estate business? Everybody's looking at me, so I Any, guess I, I, I guess I better <laughs> say something. Um, so the incredible thing about a virtual assistant is that you can hire them for much less than you would hire most people in the United States, which allows you to start delegating tasks much earlier than you would otherwise. And it's amazing how far technology has brought us in terms of what can be done remotely. So can you run an, a real estate business entirely through virtually? And the answer is no, because I have yet to hire a virtual assistant that can go run a maintenance call or do a home inspection. Put a lockbox on a property. <laughs> deliver three-day notices, those type of things. So, But a surprising amount of the work is done in, on a computer and can be done almost anywhere. And once you begin to learn that and identify that, that if you can do it at your house or at your office, it can just as easily be done in the Philippines or in India. And when you figure out, well, gee, I can hire somebody for $500 a month rather than $3,000 a month, that allows me to be able to start to delegate those things much earlier and buy my life back um, with much less risk. Because when you're paying somebody 3000 bucks a month, you need to make sure you're getting $3,000 worth of value and really getting five or $6,000 worth of value. But when you're paying somebody $500 a month, then you only need to be getting $1,000 worth of value. So, Okay, question from JC. Uh, please ask your guests how they would have handled the business design process were they much earlier in their careers. So you guys have been doing this for 10 years, 12 years. You've been doing it since God was a child. If you, if you could, God, I feel really old now. <laughs> yeah. So, so the inside joke is Bob and I got started in real estate like the same year. So I always, I always tease him about how old he is. <laughs> and Even he's a year though somebody than else is, yeah, <laughs> slightly older than I am. Yes. So, um, so if you if you could go back and talk to your your younger selves, yourselves that were like two years in to the business, what would you be telling them about things to do? I mean, you couldn't you couldn't spend $15,000 on a coach, you couldn't hire an integrator, what, what would you be saying about here's what you need to be doing? I would, I would say that we did a lot of things the wrong way. Um, and hiring a coach, we probably should have done years ago. And we spent too much time in properties ourselves, swinging hammers before we got into the business. Um, so I, I would say do it as early as you possibly can and surround yourself with people that are doing it. And um, for us, getting involved with masterminds has been a, a huge boost for our business to, you know, get in the right room. You know, you, you don't want to be the smartest guy in the room. You want to be the dumbest guy. So you're learning from all of those people that are around you. So I, I would say do it as early as you possibly can. Yeah, and I think that you can make up for some of that. You know, what I was talking about, that that uneven foundation, you can make up for a little bit of that using other people's knowledge. It doesn't have to be, oh, I made all the mistakes myself and therefore I learned. You can get in exactly. You could go, you know, take a guy like Bob out to lunch. 
He loves doing that. And <laughs> and you can take him out to lunch and then he will tell you the mistakes that you're about to make. And then you can you can learn from that so that you can start building the building those systems immediately. And and the truth is you can actually make systems for even even just the small little processes that you do. Uh, when you are a newer investor, when you're a part-time investor, and, and that way you're getting your brain ready to do the bigger, longer processes that now we're having to go through the arduous process of, of, of doing. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing about the process, too, is knowing what to do is not the difficult thing. It's developing the mental energy and the emotional stamina to actually do it and uh, realize when you're not doing what you should be doing and getting yourself to actually do that. And that does require support from people other than yourself for the vast majority of people. And so that's why working with a group of other people that are doing the same thing really helps you, mm -hmm. for sure. And, and who are like-minded. I, I started a, a mastermind group, uh, it's probably been 15 years ago now. Uh, we were studying um, E-Myth. That mm -hmm. was uh, the whole the whole the whole group was built around the book the E Myth, and it only took about three meetings for me to figure out that nobody else in that room actually was there to build a business. They they were all they were all good real estate investors, but they had really no interest in doing anything other than figuring out how they could better manage their own time so that they could do more deals with the time they had, and that was exactly the opposite of what I was looking to do. So I kind of you know shut that shut that down after yeah. about five months because every time i went into the room with these people i just felt i felt drained like this is not what i'm right I, yeah. what the, I'm here the for. idea is that yeah you need to be supported by the other people and they need to hold you accountable and they need to figure out help you figure out where you need to improve but also you need to then help them too mm -hmm. well and they wanted to do more work they wanted to be more efficient with their time and we're like the the brandons especially are lazy <laughs> so like that's one of our biggest struggles is we we don't want to work 60 hours a week we we know that we have to kick it up a notch right now so that we can then hire more people and and have the systems and processes in place so that we can go with bob to scuba dive <laughs> that's the goal Okay, question uh, here via email, and, and by the way, anybody who still has a question, you better get it in quick here, because we're down to about the last eight minutes of the show. Uh, this is from Sydney, and Sydney asks, how do you picture the roles in your business at once it is fully staffed? In other words, what departments will you have, and what will those people's responsibilities be? It depends on what your business is. I think I think I, I have a feeling this is probably aimed at the Brandons since they are in this process. Yeah, so I right think now. you're going to end up most real estate businesses with sort of three core departments: um, a sales and marketing department. You could potentially break that into two different components, um, and then an operations component and a finance component. So that 
worked well with us because there happens to be three of us that are still working in the business and we sort of already were in one of those seats. So I'm in the sales and marketing side, the other Brandon's in operations, and then Jason, our, our third partner, is in the finance side of the business. And he gets to be the integrator, which means he gets to do two things, huh? Right, right. <laughs> well, that's the funny thing is we've all, I mean, and, and in the, uh, you know, that three-day intensive we were all positioned in seats that we that we were like, oh, I didn't realize how much crossover there was. Like, I'm I'm getting too much into your zone. I'm getting too much into your area, and I need to back out. I, I think going back to her question, ultimately, the goal is to have a fully fleshed out um, uh, marketing team. You know, a, a force that can go out and can and can can bring in leads, can bring in deals, and then a a fully a fully fleshed out disposition team that's going to be that's a disposition team that's going to be in charge of selling cuz we want to do enough volume that 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 side's going to be really big and then on the operation side I'm going to have multiple uh, project managers designers and then on the finance side it's you know full bookkeeping staff and accounting and raising money to do these zillions of deals. That's we already have all the money. We're fine. We're well, well, the, well, the idea is that you're making so much money on the deals that you can generate the money to do the deals. But but they're going to spend it all scuba diving with you in the Galapagos. Yeah. So. We'll call Bob when we run out of money. We'll only charge us five and fifteen. <laughs> okay, so um, a question here from Sarah that you you guys don't have to answer if you don't want to, but I'm kind of curious too. Uh, She says, my husband and I are partners in our real estate business. It has absolutely gotten too big for the two of us to handle. But when we start talking about things like integrators and visionaries and particularly holding each other accountable, issues arise. Have there been any issues in the Brandon's business as they have put someone in charge of of the other ones being accountable? (laughs) Yes, because this is a, let, let's let's be clear. This is a shift, man. Oh no, this it's is a not, big deal. Yes, this is this is not like, you know, oh, it's kind of always been this way, but now we're just calling it that. Yeah, no, it's a big deal. Go tell them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Go so I, I was the um, Mo Matthews, who's in a, a mastermind with us, and is just a deal machine. He does like five hundred deals a year or something crazy. Um, and he implemented the system, and so we were talking with Mo, and we were talking about because ultimately in our meetings if something's not getting done within two weeks of the due date of it needing to be done, then it immediately goes to the issues list in that meeting. And we all initially looked at that very negatively of, you know, this is an issue and that's bad and you're going to get put on the issues list. And <laughs> Demerits. Mo, and, Demerits for right, you. Right. Like. It goes um, on your permanent record. <laughs> and and so we, we had a very negative view of that. And in talking to Mo, he said, no, 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 the issues list is great. Like that's where you get to solve problems. And ultimately that's what we do in real estate investing is solve those problems. So if you move it over to the issues list and if it's not getting done, you know, maybe there's some um, tail whipping that needs to happen from the other people on the team, but um, maybe it's um, just that someone else needs to be doing that task as well. So I would say look at issues in your business as potentially a positive area to make some changes. Or maybe you're even approaching doing that thing from the entirely wrong way and need to look at it completely differently. And bringing other resources in can then allow you to do that and not be beating your head against the wall continually. And what we found is that there are certain tasks that I was in charge of that I absolutely hated doing, but somebody else 
that was on the team could do it and actually be great at it and enjoy it. So that so there there could be some of that like just kind of developing the why do you keep like why does this keep ball keep getting dropped and the other person goes, "Oh, I don't I like doing that." Hmm. And they go, "Oh, well perfect. Let's just flip-flop. I'll take this, you take this and we're off and running." Husband and wife, I can see how that would get complicated, but the the system that we put in place, the meeting system that we put in place is actually what's holding us accountable. I'm not telling Brandon or Jason, you're doing this wrong. It's taking too much time. Why is this not done? The actual structure of the meeting is showing us where these deficits are so that we can fill those holes. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the real answer to that question, too, is ultimately the first step is really having a joint vision of where you want to be and understanding that where you are is awful enough that you need to be willing to do whatever it takes to get out of there and keep focusing on the long term rather than the, oh, I don't want my wife telling me that I did a lousy job at doing something. And realize that, you know, ultimately, if you're not doing something, then you need to figure out why you're not and figure out a different way for that task to get accomplished. Absolutely. You're still you're still accountable for that task getting done, but you don't necessarily have to be the one completing it. And that was a big aha moment for us was like, oh, I can be the one that makes sure that the house actually gets built, but I don't have to be the one going to the site every single day to verify that the subs are there, but I'm still accountable and in charge of actually getting the houses done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that was a big aha for us. And many times with with family, it it is complicated. And one of the complications that I see is often one of the one of the partners quote unquote doesn't really want to be in the business at all they got dragged along mm-hmm. <laughs> they and it's, you know sometimes sometimes it's the husband sometimes it's the wife and starting to build the business is actually a good time to let the spouse who doesn't really want to be doing it go and Absolutely. i don't mean divorce them <laughs> i just mean i just mean at some point you, let you, them go do something else and hire somebody to do the stuff that they were forced to do even though they didn't want to yes and and it scares them and they don't like it and they aren't good at it and and all of those sorts of things so well and, and that's why this process is as much emotional as it is knowing what to do because the emotions are much harder all right we got two minutes left any last pieces of advice for listeners who have been thinking for ages, man, I really, really, I got to get on buying a business or building a business, but haven't taken the first step yet. I think that starting out reading the book Traction is super important, and and literally, it's a mind shift. It's a it's a huge mind shift, and and you have to start in in small steps, but you have to start taking those steps. Like you just have to start. And you may not like the book. Like we, we talked with several people that were like, yeah, traction, read traction, read traction. And McDonald and I read it and we were like, I don't really like this. And, <laughs> and so, and, and that's okay. But, uh, the, the meat of the book and the, the, the whole system that you put together, it's, you know, we're, we're early on in that shift for our business, but so far it's been a, a dramatic shift in the right direction. I think they should come to the RIA meeting at six o'clock tomorrow night to uh, <laughs> be with, be in the room with other like-minded people that are interested in doing the same thing. Well, there's this weird thing about 
like radio waves, and that is that they go over the internet to the whole world. So not everybody is going to be able to come. I've heard of this thing called airplanes. To the- <laughs> wow. <laughs> Last minute ticket, fly to Cincinnati tomorrow. It's, it would definitely be worth it. <laughs> yes. So, and plus they could hang out with the Brandons and listen to them talk at 7.30. And apparently all invite Bob to lunch. <laughs> the, <laughs> yes. the, 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 meeting, the meeting for Cincinnati Rhea is tomorrow night, 6 o'clock, is the panel about business building. Uh, 7.30, the Brandons will talk about how you might want to get into the building of properties uh, business. So it's an all-building meeting. You can get more information at CincinnatiRia.com. Thank you guys for coming in today. We will be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing. Happy investing.